Come and have your way with us, Lord, and speak to us, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Friends, you can be seated. Well, this morning, we're going to focus on the persistence of God and how he is calling us to persevere under trial. This is the message that flows through each of the four readings that we just heard. In our Old Testament reading, Jacob was about to have a very difficult conversation with his brother Esau, who he had cheated out of his birthright years before. And the night before this very stressful encounter, Jacob found himself wrestling with God, and he persevered until God blessed him. Psalm 121 reminds us that God is persistent in strengthening and protecting his people. We read, The Lord shall preserve you from all evil. Indeed, it is he who shall keep your soul. The Lord shall preserve your going out and your coming in from this time forth and forevermore. St. Paul encourages Timothy to be persistent in preaching the word because the time will come when people will turn away from the truth. And then the theme of God's persistence and how he's calling us to persevere under trial really stands out in the parable of the persistent widow, which is what we're going to focus on this morning. But before we do, let me put this parable in its context just for a moment. Flip back in your Bibles, if you have one, flip to Luke chapter 17, verse 20. Luke 17, verse 20. The Pharisees ask Jesus, when will the kingdom of God come? The Pharisees are asking this question, I think, um, out of a lament. It's like they're asking, how long, O oh Lord, before you are going to put things right in the world? The Pharisees were looking forward to the day when the oppressive Roman government would be removed and Israel restored to her former state of glory like when King David sat on the throne. But Jesus surprised them by saying, the coming of the kingdom of God is not something that can be observed, nor will people say, here it is or there it is, because the kingdom of God is within you. The Pharisees were focused on the physical, external structures that make up society, and they were longing to see change. But Jesus is focused on a spiritual, internal structure that makes up the human heart. The kingdom of God is within you. This statement actually reveals the nature of God's kingdom. It starts out hidden and small and then grows to become visible and very large. It starts out internally, but then it works its way out, affecting every dimension of human society. Now, Jesus does go on to speak about the day when the kingdom of God will be fully actualized in our reality and all the physical external structures that make up human society will eventually line up with God's perfect will. Jesus refers to this day as the day the Son of Man is revealed. 
he identifies himself as the Son of Man, which is a title used by the prophet Daniel. Daniel chapter 7, verse 13 says, In my vision at night I looked, and there before me was one like a Son of Man, coming with the clouds of heaven. He approached the Ancient of Days and was led into his presence. He was given authority, glory, and sovereign power. All nations and peoples of every language worshipped him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion that will not pass away, and his kingdom is one that will never be destroyed. This is how Jesus sees himself. The Son of Man, God's chosen King and Lord over all people whose kingdom will never end. And the day is coming when he will establish the kingdom of God on earth. Jesus goes on to say in the rest of Luke chapter 17 that when he comes, it will be all of a sudden, like a flash of lightning, and there will be judgment, like in the days of Noah and in the days of Lot. Only those in the ark were saved from the flood, and only Lot and his daughters were rescued from destruction. And this, Jesus says, is how it will be when he comes to establish the kingdom of God on earth. We say this, we just said it in the Apostles' Creed, he will come again to judge the living and the dead. Now, God's judgment is a very good thing for those who are oppressed and who are longing for God's will to be done on earth as it is in heaven. But God's judgment is actually a terrifying thing for those who oppress, and they take advantage of others, and they have no concern for God. Now, with this in mind, let's listen again to the parable of the persistent widow. Luke 18, verse 1. Then Jesus told them a parable about their need to keep on praying so that they would not lose heart. There was a judge who neither feared God or had respect for people, and there was a widow who kept coming to him and saying, grant me justice against my opponent. Widows in the ancient world had no power or status. Think of Naomi in the Old Testament. When her husband and her two sons died, she was destitute and at the mercy of her daughter-in-law to help her survive. Widows represent those who are vulnerable, weak, and poor. Now, this particular widow, we learn, has an opponent. Someone is against her. Someone has taken advantage of her, but instead of acting like a victim, she is determined and focused, and she will not stop asking the judge for justice until he responds. For a while the judge refuses, but eventually he says to himself, though I have no fear of God and no respect for anyone, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will grant her justice so that she will not wear me out. Then Jesus explains the point of the parable. He says, if this judge who has no faith in God and no respect for people grants justice to a persistent widow, how much more will God grant justice to those who trust him? Friends, justice is coming. Remember the context. When the Son of Man comes, he will execute justice. What will justice look like? Justice will look like all the things that we see Jesus doing throughout the Gospels. He will set the captives free. 
He will feed the hungry with good things. He will heal every disease and sickness. He will comfort those who mourn. He will bring the outcast in. He will right every wrong. He will completely destroy all evil and sin and death itself. And he will make all things new. Justice is coming. The question is, will we trust him until then? And this is the question that Jesus asks at the end of the parable in verse 8. When the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on earth? Yes. Jesus will find faith on earth when he returns. Because he is committed to working in us, as St. Paul says in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 13, until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of God. Again, Paul, in Philippians chapter 1, verse 6, he says, He who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. God always finishes what he starts. The one who is coming is at work in us, persistently preparing us for the day of his coming. In many ways, Jesus is like the persistent widow in the parable. He had many adversaries. He suffered many things and was rejected by his generation. He allowed himself to be arrested, falsely accused, beaten, and crucified, and yet he did not lose heart. The author of Hebrews tells us to fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider Jesus, who endured such opposition from sinners, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. Friends, Jesus will find faith on earth when he returns because he endured opposition, he endured the cross, he has risen to new life, and now he is calling all of us to share this new life with him so that we would endure opposition and that we would not grow weary and lose heart. In his strength, we can persevere despite all the challenges and oppositions that we face. And I know many of us face very intense challenges and oppositions. Keep trusting him. Keep seeking justice. Keep putting him first above all things. Don't allow the darkness and the, and the brokenness of this world and the pain keep you bound. You have been set free. Be bold in approaching our Heavenly Father. You've been given full access through Jesus Christ, and He delights to give you good things. Keep leaning your whole weight on Jesus, and in His timing and in His way, He will right every wrong and line up our experience with the perfect will of God until we see Him face to face. Let us pray. Father, we thank you for sending your only begotten Son into the world that all who believe in him, all who put their faith and trust in him,
might not perish, but have eternal life. If there's anyone here this morning who hears that nudge, that sense that God is calling them into this new life, I just encourage you to open your hearts. Jesus is here with us this morning by his Holy Spirit. And if you invite him in, he will come into your heart and he will never leave you and he will never forsake you and he will be with you, giving you everything you need to run this race of life. Come, Lord Jesus. Make yourself known to each one of us. Open us up from within. And do in us what only you can do. And we ask this in your name. Amen.